0: Welcome to Inside Economics. I'm Mark Zandi, the chief economist of Moody's Analytics, uh, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, uh, Chris Dorides. Chris is, of course, the deputy chief economist. Hello, Chris. Hi, hey, Mark. You look at your look like are you, you're in an atypical venue. You've got a bunch of doors behind you. Is that is that typical? I, I usually see like their child's pictures and paintings, and not today.
1: Um, I, I'm at home in the yeah. in the attic. The boy oh, is at attic. home today because of a COVID uh, outbreak at his school. So,
0: oh, I see. So, he he's he's safe and sound though.
1: He's safe and yeah, yeah. One yeah. of his classmates. So, but uh, yeah, significant ripple effects. Right, all the ki- all the parents got a a notice early this morning that you know classes uh, canceled for today. So,
0: so they, they do shut it. down the school. They shut not down the, the inter-
1: not the entire school. No, no, his okay.
0: classroom. Oh, he's, his
1: classroom. Oh, that's interesting. That's their. That's their. Protocol.
0: COVID response. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And you'll go back to school. He'll go back to school tomorrow,
1: or you don't know. Well, well, tomorrow's Saturday.
0: Oh, that's that's right.
1: right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Uh, you know, know,
0: (laughs) I work every single day, Chris. So it's
1: all I know. I know. But uh, the preschools don't. So (laughs)
0: yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Very good.
1: Very good. Monday's holiday. Tuesday, we'll see.
0: That's -hmm. right. Monday's Martin Luther King Day, right? Correct. Yeah. That's right. Yep. And we got Ryan, Ryan Sweet, uh Ryan's director of real-time economics. And I I was chatting with you earlier this week. Your was it no, no, it was Dante whose child was uh was at home. D- did you have a disruption too due to COVID, Ryan? Did your kids No, so far so good. Yeah. Yeah, we've been, been good. And you you you
2: are safe and sound. Oh no, your wife got I, sick with COVID. My, my, wife, my wife got it from uh her office. It's a very small veterinary hospital, so it just spread like wildfire. So uh, we had to go through quarantining and everything. So, but everyone's good but now. No one else in the house got it. Everyone's wow. Everyone's good. That's great. Good. And speaking we have a special of new venues.
0: Pardon me. Speaking of yeah. New
2: venues, yeah. Somebody decided to flee oh. Philadelphia because they can't handle the cold. <sighs> Yeah, I know. You know, I uh, it,
0: on Saturday this past week ago now, almost hard to believe, but I, uh, my wife and I and our two dogs got into our car three thirty in the morning and drove all the way to Florida, sixteen hour drive, and you you'll be proud of me. I did it by myself myself i you know not that my wife isn't a good driver i just i get very tense though when she's driving so uh and and we made it all the way down i I tell you uh, ryan i could be if i wasn't an economist i could be a trucker no problem really Mm -hmm. i love it i love it i love (laughs) the the tunes i listened to our three of our podcasts on the way might make more money
3: but, you might and, make more money trucking that. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and that's Michael McNamara. Matt, uh, Mike is our uh, guest uh, uh, today. And uh, welcome,
3: Michael. Um, well, thank you very much.
0: Should, should I call you Mike or Michael or doesn't matter or are you good with uh, those? Or?
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm good either way. A lot of a lot of folks just call me Mac. Uh, Mac. Oh, Mac. I'm,
0: I love that. We're yeah, going to call you so, Mac. Uh,
3: yeah. And, uh, and,
0: and, and, Mac comes to us from MasterCard and and uh, Mac and I, uh, I've never called you Mac, Mac but uh, you and I have known each other for probably a decade or so, maybe even longer than that.
3: It's probably a little longer than that at this point. Yeah, uh, or, uh, I'm going to join you in the shuffleboard courts down there pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I, I get it why people come down here in the winter, though. I tell you, it's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, pretty nice. Uh, and of course, I, I'm able to do, I did it last winter uh, in this winter because of of uh, You know, we're all kind of sheltering in place. I, all my, I had a whole set of travel. I don't know about you, Mac, but I had a all set of travel planned for January and February, and everything has gotten canceled except for events in Florida. Go figure. I've
3: yep. <laughs> got a couple <laughs> of data points that might be interesting about that. We can talk about that a little later about how retail sales are performing north versus south. Oh, uh, that
0: that would be interesting. That would be very interesting.
3: interesting. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I think I get the Ironman Award because I moved from New York. It wasn't cold enough there, so I moved up to Boston. So, I, you're going the opposite you know, direction. Yeah, I'm going yeah. away from you right now. It's going to be yeah. tent windshield tomorrow and uh you oh, know I'm looking goodness. forward to
0: it. <laughs> my good, yeah, goodness. Well, so it's so good to have you on uh, with us and it's 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 a perfect uh, day for it. We we got retail sales today uh from from Census and uh so that's for the month of December. So we've got now a read on Christmas sales. And of course, yes. you've been managing the spending pulse uh, data for MasterCard for uh, for that for over a decade. And that Actually, provides a lot, insight, a lot of insight, a lot of insight. And can, can you just give us a sense of that that data, that data set, the sure. spending pulse? I'd be very curious. And just anything you can tell us about it.
3: Sure. So uh, I've actually been doing, I started it about 20 years ago.
0: Oh, 20. Okay.
3: This will be, yeah, this is my anniversary this year. Um, And uh, what we do is we take the aggregate data that runs across MasterCard. We filter out the noise in the data that's due to MasterCard activity that can skew the results. And then, uh, so you end up with a nice sample of uh, retail sales activity that's occurring in the United States and then in any other markets we decide to analyze. And we pipe in third-party data on other payment forms, so other uh, non-MasterCard transaction uh, types of information. The aggregate is what we report. So uh, anything that's a spending pulse number is our estimate for total sales across what we say all payment forms. Hmm. Uh, It's not a credit card number. It's not a MasterCard number. It's actually our estimate for total retail sales.
0: Got it. Oh, I got it. So you're using the mastercard data but other data sources you bring it together and you come up with an estimate of what you think total the total pie is. Then.
3: Exactly. And then yeah. uh and we're able to do it so we're able to slice and dice it a whole bunch of different ways. So, you know, that's what I was talking about north, south, different markets and channels and sectors. Mm-hmm. So, we can dig into that if you want throughout the
0: call. Oh, no, absolutely. We're going to because of the you know, uh of course we're going pl- to talk about retail sales and other statistics and yeah. play our our statistics game which I'll describe in a minute. But then we want to dig deep into the consumer, the, you know, how are things going? Um, again, apropos because of the holiday sales and of course, uh, a lot of debate about, uh, Omicron and what kind of impact that's having. So how timely is your data? Do you get data weekly, daily, daily? Are you looking well, at it uh, real time? We have,
3: yeah, we're able to see, uh, every day. Um, and then there are rolling updates that occur typically in, uh, you know, and many of our uh, systems, uh, we have a major update uh, once a week. Um, I'm able to see things behind the scenes, so I'm able to see things a little bit more frequently than that. But uh, it's typically a weekly update, but you can see daily detail. And uh, it's actually pretty cool. Um, if we had a graphics kind of thing, maybe at some point I could show you. You can actually watch the retail economy almost like a weather map now. Hmm. where you can see a storm move across the country. uh, I call it animating the economy. Hmm. And uh, it really opens up some interesting analytic doors uh, that uh, really we weren't able to do before because we didn't either have the data or the technology. But now that you have the combination of both, whole new world of uh, analysis that we're, uh, we're able to do.
0: Cool. When you say kind of uh, uh, tr- like tracking weather, is it because of a, uh, uh, the the virus, because of the pandemic? You can see the pandemic effects in different parts of the country. Is it, is it broader yep. than that? Oh, okay.
3: Well, we we can actually see uh, what uh, we have this new capability that we've been developing uh, that allows us to study different types of events. So we have what we call scheduled structured events, things like, uh, the football games this weekend or, you know, the NCA tournament, that kind of stuff or concert. Um, and then we have what we call unscheduled, unstructured events,
1: uh, weather, COVID, you know, mm. um, to some extent, some
3: of the stimulus activity would probably be more unscheduled, unstructured because you didn't anticipate it ahead of time. Um, so it really opens up doors and you can quantify the impact of things. So uh, if a hurricane comes up the coast, we can actually put a dollar value on retail sales on what oh, that Oh, wow. Uh, it was kind of some fun stuff. Uh, I was looking at some concerts, uh, Taylor Swift versus uh, BTS. Does anybody know who BTS is?
0: I do not mm. no Is that uh, a rapper or uh,
3: no, Mark pop. is actually probably K-pop. not, Come he's on. not telling the truth. It's K pop, <laughs> yes,
0: yeah. it's oh, a, K-pop. probably K-pop. the
3: I've most famous band in the world, but oh, uh, they both the Korean, yeah. the Korean band, the yes. Korean, yeah, 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 right,
0: yeah,
2: yeah,
3: um, yeah, that was a good, I don't complaint. have kids I don't in my
2: house, so I, you know, all I'm right. like, I'm you know, cut off oh, line more. stuff. You listen to it all the way down to Florida. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh yeah. He probably pulled over That's a couple of yeah. <laughs> so. but it's it's cool. You can actually contrast and compare like what is a Red Sox game worth to the immediate local economy around Fenway on a Wednesday versus a Saturday. Or like I was saying, you can compare what is a Pearl Jam concert bring in versus a Taylor Swift, you know.
1: That is so uh, cool.
3: It's it's really just scratching the surface of kind of new things that we can do.
0: If I tell you, Mac, if I had that data, I don't think I'd get any work done. I'd be looking at it all day long. It sounds so cool.
3: You can tell I didn't shave today. Yes, there
0: you go. There you go. Yeah, that is really very cool. Okay, well, we'll come back to that. Well, we got two big uh, economic releases this week. We had retail sales today. We're talking uh, on Friday. And the other was the CPI, consumer price inflation. There's a lot of other stuff that came out too, but those were the two biggies. Maybe Ryan, you want to give us a sense of both those surveys? Uh, and, and I know you, I'm guessing some of us may have picked statistics from those surveys to, for the game. So I won't ask you to go too deep, but you want to just give us a general sense of uh, what, what your take is on both those surveys?
2: And I'll do it without giving you any numbers because I don't want to take anybody's number for the game, Okay. But- Starting with the CPI, okay. uh, I think that the takeaway is you know, it was another hot month of inflation, but the worst is likely behind us. So I think you know I think in our forecast we have inflation peaking right about now, and it's going to start to decelerate because you know supply chain issues should get, start getting resolved a little bit over time. Uh, and energy prices—they're you know, bouncing around again, but overall, just between supply chain. Uh, uh, stress and energy, that's adding about four percentage points to, uh, uh, well, I said I wasn't going to use numbers, but I used a number. Well, that's a good number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. more than half of the inflation that we've seen uh, is because of those two areas, supply chains and energy.
0: So CPI so re- inflation, just to, to make that clear, I'm going to use another number. CPI inflation year over year, and CPI is consumer price index inflation, right. 7% on the nose, mm-hmm. Year over year through December, and you're saying of that seven percent, four percentage points is related to energy, higher oil prices, natural gas prices, and higher prices for goods that have been disrupted uh, because of supply chain issues.
2: Yes, yeah, so think vehicles, cars, so the poster yep, chart. yeah, right. used, used right. car prices in particular, but you know audio equipment, other things like that that are being electronics are being disrupted by the supply chains. That's adding a lot to inflation. Got it. So if,
0: if I, well, it, it, other way of thinking, no energy effects, which related to the pandemic, no supply chain effects, obviously related to the pandemic, inflation would be 3%. Three. Mm-hmm. So we wouldn't even be probably talking about it. Talking inflation. about it. No.
2: Nope. Yeah. Okay. I and mean, that's probably where we're headed by the yeah. end of the year is probably closer to 3% than closer to where 3%. we are now. Yep. Okay. Okay.
0: Anything else on the CPI uh, that you want to bring up?
2: No, I think we. I think that, yeah. Okay,
0: well, the the one the one thing on the CPI that is, I'm a well. There's a bunch of things that are making me nervous. Uh, one is around rents, and we talked a little bit about that on the last podcast. What happened with rent growth? Uh, rents, the, the rent of shelter CPI.
2: You know, what was yeah. what did that look yeah. like from month to month? They're really sticky. So you know, when you forecast, you know, the CPI, and you do you know the bottom up approach. Rents are usually what they were, broke in the prior month, and it was again. 0.4%, whether you're looking at tenants or owner's equivalent rent, that's going to pick back up. I think we talked about it last week that uh, there's this lagged effect between you know, some of the alternative data on rents. If you look at you know, Zillow, uh, they've been growing really, really quickly. That's going to show up in the CPI this summer. Got it. Hey, so We'll baby. have goods, inflation coming down, and then we'll have some services, inflation accelerating. But so, on net, we're going to see overall uh, inflation begin to moderate. Hey, Mac, I
0: know you look at all this data really closely, too. On the CPI, is there anything that kind of stood out for you on on that release?
3: Yeah, there are a couple of things there. Uh, One is um, some of the uh, food-related increases. Um, uh, I think there was a about a 12.5% increase in meat and, uh, those types of goods. And so I had a steak last night and I can say it was expensive. <laughs> and uh,
0: I, hopefully that was no one's statistic for the game. 12.5%. No, we're I'm good. Sorry about that. Okay. No, no,
3: it's okay. That's okay. Good. Yeah. Good. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, but what's going to happen to the food sector as we move through, uh, the next year or so, because, uh, some of those inflation pressures, uh, I'm trying to remember some of my, uh, some of my, uh, information about meats but uh, I want to say if if you're talking about like chicken uh, you're, or poultry you're talking about two to three months uh, to get some kind of a flock adjustment uh, for pork I want to say it's like to nine months for beef I think it's like 18 months or something like that to get uh, the herd kind of in line with with a uh, demand so those could be sticky and those could be you know with us for for a while uh, but the other thing about that sector uh, just to go a little bit on a slight tangent is that we're going to have to look at how the comps were versus snap and the different assistant programs as we move through 2022 uh in the Q2 and in Q4 there are different government assistant programs that help elevate some of the uh, numbers in the grocery sector mm. and uh, we're gonna to have to just pay attention to that in 2022 when you're looking at your year-over years uh you know Q2 and Q4 might have some pressure because of uh, that uh, you're going to be lapping the assistance programs that started last year.
0: Oh, I oh that's interesting. So the SNAP is the Supplemental Nutritional Assistance Program. That's kind of yeah. the old food stamps. Yeah, and, if you talk
3: to yeah, if you talk to any of the the, the grocery the grocery folks or you know anybody in uh, that produces food, yeah, uh, that's usually top of mind as they want to know what's going on with those assistance programs.
0: And you're saying there was big subsidies provided during as part of the American Rescue Plan, for example, and that lowered yeah. measure price.
3: Well, uh, what it actually, I think it amplified demand to a
0: degree. Oh, amplified. Oh, demand. Uh, OK.
3: Yeah. Um, okay. And so when you're when you're going through this year, you're going to start to lap those programs. Uh, so some of your year of your growth rates and sales are, uh, could be impacted by some of those. Uh,
0: lower. They'll be lower. Lower. Yeah, lower. lower. Q2, oh,
3: okay. and Q, Q2 and Q4. Q4.
0: Got it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's another point about inflation. When Ryan says it's going to be. 3% at the end of this year, half of more than half of what it is now, part of that is also just these base effects, so-called base effects, right? Because you're comparing against, well, right now, 7% is being compared against December of 2020, when th- we were in a very different world and businesses were cutting prices in many, many industries. But in December of 2022, we're going to be on the backside of these base effects, and that will allow wow. inflation to come down as well. But yeah, that's kind of what you're saying. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, Ryan, back to you. Retail sales that, that uh, gives a sense of those numbers. They were, well, uh, no, sir. Actually, I should uh, hand it to you, right? Because we were going back and forth last night, the three of us on e- on email, and Ryan was saying uh, it's going to be down 1.9 percent. Retail sales are going to be down. One, there, we, I see the hand from 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 the clapping hand from Chris. You got it. You nailed it. I think, right? It was down 1.9 percent. The yeah, I was thinking it was going Yeah,
2: I was down one percent, but I, you know, oh, fractional.
0: I, I gave you too much credit. I thought too you much said credit. One, yeah. yeah well,
2: okay. So, give us a sense of that report. Uh You can ignore it. It I mean, the, the decline is. <laughs> see, Mark hates it when I say ignore things, but uh it's misleading. Well, it,
0: it, Mac, it's if, you, very, if you, if you, if you. Well, now, Everything I, I was, Ryan tells you to ignore, I, I'm not sure I should be paying attention to at this point. I was,
3: laughing, I was laughing because you were giving him kudos for hitting it. Or doing, <laughs> he did a great job, way better than consensus in predicting that number. And then he's like, nah, don't, don't pay attention to
2: that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, why Boy. I say that is that it's, it's not a correct uh, uh, view of the consumer right now. The consumer is in much better shape than retail sales would otherwise imply. Uh, oh, and I the see. reason is that yeah. yep. in December, the seasonal adjustment factors are just brutal, and we pull forward some uh, you know spending uh, for the holidays into October and November. So we're getting set up for a dud of a December report. This isn't going to be the norm. I think spending will bounce back in the in the first quarter, particularly as these uh, the overcon variant starts to to subside. You're going to see you know, spending you know firm.
3: I completely agree with what ryan was just his evaluation is you, you do kind of want to throw this seasonally adjusted month-to-month number out mm-hmm. uh it's not it'll give you a head fake uh if anything the overall consumer spending environment has been good uh through the holiday season overall we did have a front-loaded season this year uh that pulled some sales forward uh but, yeah, but if you look at the spending pulse data our retail contacts you know everyone would be in harmony uh saying that it was a good holiday season if not a very good holiday season and,
2: and i'm right. sure that no one no one's going to use this number but if you yeah. remove the seasonal adjustment so the non-seasonally adjusted data so the month-to-month change in december was 10 uh up so positive 10 percent yep last yeah. last december it was 12 uh and the nice year take. before that it was 10.4 percent so we're not you know yeah noticeably out of line i think that seasonally adjusted 1.9 percent decline it, most of it was just these seasonal adjustment factors crushed yeah. it
0: now when you uh, when people talk about holiday sales growth different ways of, of defining that i i typically define it as take november and december for retail sales exclude purchases of cars exclude purchases of gasoline and i think most people also exclude restaurant sales cuz they're not a holiday and then you look at the year-over-year year growth in that. Do you know what that is, Ryan, off the ha- off the top of your head? What that number was? I
2: don't. But it was. No. I think it was a record number.
0: Record number. Yep. Least, well into the double digit kind it of. Oh, it was definitely rate. double
2: digit. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
3: Matt, I mean, do you know that number year, by any chance? I, I don't know the exact number that census came out with, but I want yeah. it was in the. It was double digits. I want to say like low teens.
0: Low wow. teens. 13%, 14 percent, something like that. I and if you
3: look at some of the holiday-related sectors, like say clothing you know you're looking at you know I think census had about twenty nine percent sorry I'm using numbers that you guys I don't I don't think I'm stealing any numbers for no, you're but, right no no <laughs> but, uh, way. but uh, some of the holiday sectors if you take like clothing it was something like twenty nine percent we had it up even higher than that uh, so depending on how you define your sectors you can get very different numbers for how the holiday season performed uh, based on your definition on sectors and time uh, if you're only like I, I think when we first report in the media, we usually do it right at Christmas so that we'll do a 54-day period from November 1st through December 24. Uh, but now that you have full month of December, look at November and December, combine the two, and that'll be a better read uh, for how the holiday season
0: performs. Now, of course, some of that strong growth is inflation, right? So we had yeah. 7% consumer price inflation. I, I suspect for retail goods, which is what mostly is in holiday sales, that could be even higher than that. or uh, the inflation, so if I look at kind of real holiday sales growth, meaning after inflation, it's it's not double digit, but it's still, still strong, strong. Mm-hmm. three four we three four five percent, something like that. Yeah,
3: okay. yeah. I want to say uh, National Retail Federation said about half of the growth uh, came from inflation, inflation uh, in terms of uh, and and how they're defining it in their estimates,
0: right, and. It, my sense of it is that if this and you know even on a real basis, this may end up being the best holiday season on record in terms of growth compared to the previous holiday season.
3: In the twenty years be, I've been twenty years I've been doing it, this would be the the highest growth rate season yeah. we've ever had. Uh, I want to go back. We had a couple of seasons that were normally they were bouncing off of low bases though. Uh, yeah, uh, I want to say like maybe 20 oh nine or ten.
1: maybe you know the 7%. financial crisis,
3: yeah, oh, like right. coming out of the financial crisis and coming out
0: yeah. of
1: the
3: internet kind of bubble. Uh, you had a couple of years that got above seven, but we've never had anything above that.
0: And that's an important point because the base effects here are not that significant. Because the last Christmas sales weren't too bad, actually. They were. They were okay. Yeah. They were. They weren't great. They weren't fantastic, but they were kind of typical, as I recall. Low single, single digits, yeah, low yeah, single we, digit.
3: We had low single yeah. digits, which was shocking. If you had asked us in the spring of 2020, we were, <laughs> we were, we were expecting yeah. Armageddon at that point, and we, didn't, mm.
0: we right. didn't get it. Right. So, bottom line, despite the really bad number for December retail sales, consumers seem to be they're in the game, they're doing their part, you know, feeling pretty good, uh, and and going back to CPI, inflation is up, but the general consensus of the group is we're if not at a the precise peak, we're pretty darn close, close to it. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty darn close to it. Okay. Okay. Very good. Okay. Uh, Chris, did you want to add anything to that discussion? I kind of, uh, was looking over at Ryan and Mac, uh, anything you want to add on those numbers?
1: Not really. I think okay. uh, you, covered, you it. covered it. I agree. Okay. Take it with a grain of big grain of salt.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right let's play the game uh and just to remind the listener the game is uh we each uh, have a a statistic Uh, uh, the rest of us try to figure out what that statistic is the best statistic is one that's not too easy that it's a slam dunk for everyone not too hard that you know we we, there's no possibility of getting it Uh, has to be doesn't have to be nothing has to be but we prefer certainly Ryan does that it was in the past week give or give or take came out in the last week and it would be nice uh if it were related to the topic at hand which is the American consumer but you know that again that that might be too limiting so uh and we traditionally begin with uh with Ryan because he's really he's really pretty
2: good at this game.
0: So uh Ryan you want to give us your statistic?
2: All right I got three of them for you all related to the same thing. But there's okay. three numbers, so it's different ways of looking at it. And the last one I think is pretty telling. So the first one is minus 3.1%. The second one okay. is positive 12.9%. And then the final one is plus positive
0: 8.4%. Well, I'm, I'm guessing this goes to seasonal adjustment, unseasonally adjusted data.
2: Well, that would be been good, but no. Oh geez! I I shouldn't.
0: That uh, really darn. Mm -hmm. I thought I was being pretty clever there. Um, Wow, Uh, that is a tough one. And there, and it's uh, three different ways of looking at the same thing. Correct. Uh, Three different ways of looking at uh, 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 the uh, uh, pricing power, uh, the uh, willingness or ability of businesses to raise
2: prices. No. Hmm. I'll give you I'll give you a hint. Okay. When I bring this number up, you hate yeah. it. When Chris brings it up, you think it's the greatest number ever.
0: That's, is that right? <laughs> it's true. I'm unaware of that. Oh, it's industrial uh, production a podcast yeah.
2: we, can, we can go back. Industrial production. Is something really. Yeah. It's exactly related to the consumer. That's
1: usually the case
2: though. <laughs> <It's> related <laughs> to the consumer. Yeah, that is. Wow.
0: True this this is I'm sure this is a really good one and we're going to kick ourselves for not
2: getting it. You should get two of them. The third one, that's, that's really hard.
0: Well, okay, let me, uh, this isn't exactly fair, but just to see if we can get, narrow this down. Related to the retail sales report? Correct. Okay. And there's three different, you're, you're picking off uh, three different uh, sales for three different types of, of products.
2: That's no. really the, the only number I look at in retail sales. Say that again? It's the key number in the retail sales number. In the oh, it's a control retail sales. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. total retail sales, excluding yeah. autos, uh, gasoline, building materials, and restaurants. And that's what feeds into uh, the BEA, uh, real economic uh, analysis, oh, estimate real consumption. I got it. I got it. So, so it so was it, down 3.1% okay. in December. Right. But again, that's seasonal adjustment factor. It's yeah. up 12.9% year over year. And then it is 8.4% higher than its pre-pandemic trend. So if you just extend, oh, you know, what the trend spending that's was before the pandemic, I mean, this is, you know, light years ahead of where we were. Yeah, that's a good one.
0: What what, what 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 would I say that I didn't like and I would like for, I didn't like if you said it and Chris, I'd like it if Chris said it. What was what's,
2: I know you was, don't like control retail sales. Oh, I don't like control retail yeah. sales? Well, I'll talk about Chris. Remember that discussion? talking about? I don't remember this one. I remember industrial oh, production. Yeah, I remember, I remember industrial production. <laughs> Maybe control. It's industrial you,
0: <laughs> yeah, control retail sales. Just uh, for the listener, that is what goes. Did you say this, or am I just repeating mm-hmm. it? It's what repeat goes, it? It goes into consumer spending that drives GDP. So, because the building materials, which is excluded, goes into residential investment, another component. Uh, so it doesn't affect consumer spending, which goes into into GDP. By the way, Ryan, with this, I don't know if you run it, but with uh, this release, the retail sales release, what is our tracking estimate for GDP growth in the fourth quarter of this year? Uh, Excuse me, of 2021.
2: Do you know? I haven't run it yet because right after retail, we got industrial production. And then at 10, we got business inventory. So I was just going to run it all at once. Okay.
0: When we were, but we were like between 6 and 7% annualized growth in Q4, really strong.
2: Yeah. Right? My, my gut is that it's going to come down a little bit.
0: Come down because of the retail sales, industrial production, and the inventory mm-hmm. data. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Which would be closer to our actual forecast for the
2: quarter, which was something mm-hmm. like 6-4 or something like that. Okay. Yeah. I think Yeah. probably down there.
0: Okay. Very good. Those, those, I have to say those were good. We, it was, yep. you know, we were bad. We just weren't really good. At, we should know that was tough. That was it was uh, a tough yeah. numbers. Oh uh, yeah, we should have done better than that. Hey Mac, you want to go next? Are you up for this? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll give it, it a shot. All
3: right, uh, I'll just have one number. Uh, I might have to give you some hints because it's, uh, it's kind of could be anything. in the
0: weeds. In the weeds. Yeah. Kind well, of it's
3: not too much in the weeds, but it's uh, okay. the number is six percent.
0: Six percent.
2: Is it an inflation of, number? Uh, yes.
0: Okay. Uh we'll, well you were talking about food prices but that was up like six point three percent I think year over year. Or is it a component of CPI or is is it? It's, food?
3: No, it's part of CPI. It's part of CPI. It's a it's a subordinate number that they break out.
0: Okay, so uh, so it's uh uh. It's, a, it's it the goods highest prices. Number.
2: Goods prices inflation is, for goods.
3: It's the largest increase since nineteen eighty two. Is this the
2: CPI X Energy?
3: Uh, again, you're, well, you're in the ballpark. Close. But, uh, yeah. Just go down a little bit further. And
0: X uh,
2: Energy, it would be... It's not the core. It wasn't core. Yeah, the core was five, five and a half, wasn't it? Five and a half, yeah.
3: Yeah. I'll, I'll give you a hint. It, uh, yeah. I consumed it last night, and it was delicious. Steak prices? Uh, <laughs> it, it, very, very close. It's yeah. a food away from home.
2: Oh, okay. Oh, food oh, with restaurants. Restaurant number, okay. Yeah, restaurants. restaurants.
3: Oh, okay. Uh, oh, they largest were up 6%. Increase, Largest increase since 1982. And uh, they had uh, a couple things here that were kind of interesting. Limited service uh, meals up 8% uh, versus a year ago, full service up 6.6. Uh, 6. And then the thing that's kind of messing it up, though, in aggregate is a uh, Uh, employee sites and schools were down 49.3% because there were so many free lunch programs going on.
0: Oh, interesting. That is
3: interesting. Yeah. I don't know why... We're not at lunchtime yet, but I guess I have food on my head right, mm-hmm. my yeah. right
0: now. So. Of course, when you say the the fastest pace of increase since nineteen eighty two, that applies to almost that's everything. Everything,
3: Yeah,
0: that's no big deal, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's uh it's it's very it is 1980s. pretty amazing though. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Very good. That was good. That was good. that was, that was uh, a good one. That was a good, that was one. good one. That was good. We again uh, we fell down on the job here. We should have done better with that. Uh, Hey, Chris, uh, you're up.
1: All right. I'll give you a softball. 23.4. Softball?
0: Now, uh, this Mac, you should know this. He, it's all about housing for, for Chris. Yep. So just to the hint, housing. it's going to be, unless he's going to give us a head fake this week. Nah,
3: yeah, He's go got a smile on his face, so I don't know. Okay. <laughs> 23.4. <23. laughs> 23.4%. <laughs> year
1: over year? Year over year. Uh, no, annualized. Oh.
0: Oh, annual. Annualized month to month. Annualized quarter to quarter.
1: Annualized month to month. In October uh, to November. It's, it's November oh, Octo- November that, oh that October. Oh. October to
0: November. That's an interesting hit. That was Are you going yeah, consumer credit to November. to November?
2: Yes, I am. Uh, Are you going what? revolving oh, consumer oh, credit? Yes, yeah, revolving. Oh, there you go. Go. <laughs> there you, right. you go. But he he, go.
0: he violated a rule that
1: came Which out Which one? Well, a I week thought ago. That came,
0: Friday, a week ago. Friday, oh, three
1: PM. 3 p.m. Oh. That right. oh. so <laughs> wasn't it able in. That's tricky. <laughs> Our last podcast came out before that, right? So, that's true. No, that's a good point. So, that's know. a good
0: point. So explain. Okay. Explain to the listener what, what this is. we we're, we're acting like everyone knows what this is, but no what they go. What the hell no, are you No one owns it about. Me yeah, go, <laughs> <So> <laughs> tell them what upper. you're talking about.
1: Yeah, it's uh, revolving credit. So credit cards, retail cards, right? Um, other revolving accounts. It's a Federal Reserve number, uh, comes in their G19 release. It's measuring the change in uh, those balances from the month of October to November. Uh, So uh, it was a $20 billion gain, which is significant, large. And then on a percentage basis, 23.4% is also the largest one-month annualized gain since 1998. So consumers are taking out more uh, credit card debt. Um, certainly, the pace of growth is there. However, one caveat is that the, uh, the level of credit card balances is actually still below what they were prior to the pandemic. So things are growing, consumers are coming back, maybe because of gasoline prices or you know travel is opening up again. Um, but they're not; the levels of debt aren't quite back up to those pre-pandemic levels. Chris, I'm
3: kind of curious what you think about. Um... It's basically how consumers are funding their purchases going forward. Are they burning down savings and now starting to relever? lever uh, Is that kind of a hypothesis that you have there?
1: I think it depends on the demographic, right? Yeah. So we know that excess savings, and I think we'll get, we might get into this uh, later on, excess savings are, are up, uh, certainly. Uh, mm-hmm. But those tend to be concentrated in the higher income households. So I think though they are that higher income group is increasing balances because they're traveling more, they're commuting more, driving more. So they're taking out they're, they're driving to Florida, so they have to buy more gas and <laughs> they tend to do that on their cars. But then on the other end of the spectrum, you have the lower income, which to your point, I think are funding uh, their purchases. Right, their their um, savings cushions are actually uh, whittling down here. So they, yeah. Uh, maybe uh, accessing that credit in order to fund uh, purchases that they otherwise was it
3: there, there was that study that the Chicago Fed did, um, oh, this is uh, back in 2020, when the stimulus payments were coming out, how long did it take for the consumer to allocate those funds? And uh, I'm going, this is a year and a half ago, so I'm going back in time, but uh, I want to say it was it, within about four weeks, four to five weeks, they basically had allocated almost all the funds that they, they had received, uh, between savings, paying down bills and, uh, and actual spending, uh, retail sales. Um, and I want to say about 30% of it, uh, that's yeah. what they estimated. They went back, went back into retail immediately. So that's what I recall. A, yeah. About a, a third. Powder. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hey guys, that's just my dog somewhere in the background. So just ignore. Her. And if he starts losing his mind, I'll, uh, i'll let you guys talk and i'll go solve that problem but i'm on my own my wife my wife has gone somewhere so uh uh apologize for that um hey chris we uh though get data from equifax the credit bureau uh so we have another month of data and of course i'm sure you do too mac you have another month of data so this Fed data goes through November. What happened in December? Did you have you, hap, do you, have you happened to look at that, the December data? Did it show another big increase in credit?
1: Or? In the Equifax data, it did. Uh, it
0: did? Okay.
1: Uh, quite substantially, yeah. So I think that continues to point to some of these trends I just mentioned. But um, yeah, we're not, again, levels of debt uh, are back up to pre-pandemic level, uh, levels, but uh, we're moving in that direction.
0: Yeah. So so consumers, households are now going back to their cards and borrowing uh, or using their cards. That, going back to your point about transactions demand, it's just there there's more transactions, so there's going to be more that ends up on the card in a given month. But it's coming back fast, but it's still as of December, it's still below its pre pandemic level. So that's we right. okay. So debt levels are still very, very low.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, But okay. you know, if this trend continues, it won't take long. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a return to normal. How yeah. long will it take to get yeah. there?
0: Yeah. I mean, if you look at overall household credit growth, and you can do that with the Equifax data too, the credit bureau data, that still still feels like, I think year over year through December, I was looking at it through December, it's still 5 6%, right? So it's right. a little bit above income, not much above income. So it's still... You don't. No alarm bells would go off for any of this, right? I mean, it's more of a good thing than a bad thing. I mean, consumers are in the game and they're they're spending and they're you know doing their part. They're driving growth.
1: Yeah, that's the total, including mortgage as well, right? That's, yeah, that is. includes mortgage. Yeah, where we've seen a lot and of. And credit we know price. mortgage has been growing rapidly. So that you know that I think mortgage was at nine percent. So uh, yeah, the other part is growing, but it's not it's not at the alarm bell level quite yet. I would say.
0: Yeah. Guys, is this dog a real nuisance? Should I go? No, no, you're good. You're all good with this. What's the dog's
3: name?
2: That's Cosmo. That's Cosmo. Cosmo is 15
0: years old and can barely see. So the you know I I don't know what's going on.
2: Did Uh, did you name the dog after Kramer in Seinfeld?
0: Yeah. Well, my son did. My son (laughs) did. Yeah, my son did. He's a huge Seinfeld fan. Yeah, Yeah.
2: that's a great name. That's good. Yeah. The other That's one's George.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. The other one's Gigi.
0: Gigi. <laughs> oh, Gigi. Uh, Gigi. I named her G. I came up with that one. Gigi. I like that All one. Right.
2: Uh, right. Anyway, I'll take credit for that.
0: Okay. I'm going to give you mine. Uh, ready? 88.6
2: back it's to normal plot. index. <laughs> I <knew it. laughs> Florida. Uh, yeah. I was going to uh, guess
3: your the average speed uh, on their way to Florida, but yeah, that was a good
0: one. Pretty damn close. <laughs> that, you're at, yeah you're actually I mean I was like hovering around 81, 82 the whole way right. down. Yeah. So, uh I thought cuz the speed limit's 70. I go, "Okay, 81, 82, uh, um. I should be pretty <laughs> that's <laughs> right on the right yeah, on, right the, on, edge. The, yeah, right on the edge yeah it's not
3: worth it it's not worth it to pull you over
0: not worth it to pull yeah. me <laughs> over right uh 88.6 hey uh this is a telling statistic yeah, well by the way back to normal index back to normal index we're all laughing because that's my go-to index if i like i i don't know what to to pick i pick the back to normal index and um that we construct it it's based on government data and third party data you know google mobility tsa number of people go through tsa checkpoints uh, open table uh, uh just a whole range of data and statistics we do it by at the state level uh and we do it daily so and it's back to normal because it's equal to 100 on february 29th 20 yeah february 29th 2020 i just I had a brain freeze there for February 29th, 2020, right before the pandemic is 100. That's, you know, normal. You know what it felt to uh, uh, today on Friday today? 88.6. We're going backwards. We had almost gotten, we were like at 96%, 97. We're now back to 88.6. Now, some of it, you know, again, seasonal adjustment issues, so forth and so on. But, you know, I think uh, that kind of gives you a sense that we're, we we're backtracking here a bit and uh you know it's uh, the biggest no, no surprise the biggest uh, uh declines are in states that have been nailed by omicron so mm-hmm. new york uh pennsylvania uh illinois uh you know they're down it's down across the board every state's down but it's really down in those states so you know i think the broader point here, which we have not talked about yet is omicron does feel like it's doing damage you know to mm-hmm. the economy you can you can kind of feel it can you see Mac in your data? Can you? Because I I saw that J.P. Morgan also puts out their credit card data on a weekly basis, and you could see sales, holiday sales through the first week of December were pretty good, and then they seem to really come off towards the end of the year, particularly for travel-related spending, restaurants, things you would expect to be affected by uh, by the pandemic. Are you observing that in your data as well?
3: Yeah, there there are a couple of things that. Um when you, uh, the Omicron spike uh, start to pick up in the second half of December, uh, there were some erosion of some of the growth rates. Uh, that was probably also amplified a little bit. It didn't damage the holiday season as much as it could have because retail strategies pulled sales forward and uh, extended the season basically into November. So holiday season was actually pretty good. But we did see uh, some weakness as you got uh, closer to uh, Christmas itself. And then uh, as you're moving through and into uh, January, uh, one other data source that I like to look at besides just the, the retail spending growth rates are uh, I like to look at commuting traffic coming into New mm-hmm. York as an example. Uh, there's some, there's a good uh, MTA. There actually does a pretty good job of tracking that. And you're looking at train ridership. It was up back up to around 50% of pre pandemic levels in the fall uh, in early January, it slipped back down to about 35% mm. of pre-pandemic levels. Uh, even the bridges and tunnels, which were basically flat with pre-pandemic, are now down about 10% again. So uh the spike, I think, has pulled down things, pulled things down to a degree, not nothing like what we saw in spring of 2020, but but uh it has kind of uh put a governor on the engine a little bit. Uh, I think on some of the uh, some of the stats that we follow.
0: Yeah, and we could also see that in the unemployment insurance claims, right? Initial yeah. claims for unemployment insurance came out on Thursday. They, they rose from below 200 thousand per month, which is really really low, to 230 thousand, which is still also low, but you know that's a big change and that was unexpected. And, and again, if you look at the, the increase in claims across states, it was in states that have been hit hardest by Omicron around new york you know pennsylvania that kind of thing
3: yeah from a geographic perspective uh really throughout the pandemic uh we've seen better numbers in the southern regions basically if you're south and warm that tended to be good if you're big and cold that tended to be bad Um, Um, and that's pretty much held where uh, uh here i'll just let me just pull up a quick thing i can if you're looking at like some of the top performing cities: Tampa, Orlando. These are the top twenty-five markets uh, of the country. So, just hey, hey, how
0: do you measure 25. this, Mac? What are you measuring exactly?
3: By, uh, the, uh, top twenty-five is by size of okay. spend, oh, and then what of- I'm then I'm ranking them based on year-over-year growth.
0: Oh, got it. Okay.
3: So the rankings here in terms of the cities that are showing the hottest year-over-year growth: uh, Tampa, Orlando, Charlotte, Houston, Miami, um, are uh, ranks one, two, five. Uh, if you're looking at the lower end, you're seeing uh, Boston, uh, L.A., Washington, New York, and San Francisco,
0: and, and that's year over year uh, through the month of December, or
3: that was uh, that's for Q4. Oh, for Q4,
0: for Q4, yeah, yeah. fourth quarter um, so, of last year, okay. yeah,
3: fourth quarter of 2021. So, uh, yeah. but that story has been pretty consistent, where we've seen the larger cities, especially in the north, struggle uh, more, and I think it. it Plays somewhat into that commute; those commuting numbers we we're just talking about. How those ecosystems in those cities, those kind of economic ecosystems, rely on you know that consumer movement coming in and out. And uh, when you tap that down, the, some of those big markets um, are feeling it a lot more. The secondary markets and uh, you know the markets that don't rely as much maybe on commuting traffic uh, seem to be uh, holding up a lot better.
0: You know, in our forecast. For the first quarter of 2022, we marked that down. So before Omicron hit, so if you go back to early December when we were forecasting, we expected growth in the first quarter of 2022 GDP growth to be just north of five percent annualized. So really another really strong quarter. We've marked that down to two percent growth. And you know the case study here is Delta, the Delta variant. That's kind of what Delta did to third quarter 2021 GDP growth. Kind of shaved three four percentage points annualized off of that growth, so we're using that as a as a benchmark here. Um, Chris uh, Ryan, uh, do you think that feels about right in the context of the data we're getting here, or, uh, or do you think it's going to be uh, stronger weaker than that? Does that make sense to you? Are we on track?
1: I think so. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> again, it's it's tough to look at the, this recent data and make much of it, but. Um, yeah, I think Omicron certainly will have an effect. Uh, wildcard for me, one wildcard might be utilities and utility spending and with the energy prices and whatnot. But we'll have to see what next couple of weeks hold.
2: Yeah, the trajectory for spending isn't great. Right, that's so so what I'm worried about.
0: Yeah. I'm more I'm wondering if it's going to. I guess we're really counting on the the infections to really come off here. So mm-hmm. January's yeah. going to be a washout. It's going to be bad. We could get employment declines. But that, you know, the infections come off quickly. And so by February, we're, we're more than stabilizing. By March, we're, we're back up and running again, full mm-hmm. tilt.
3: That would be pretty That's similar weird. to the spike that in South Africa, about two and a half months
2: um, yeah, right. was the, was the burn through rate. In the right. UK, very similar pattern in the UK. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, the um, Europe seems to be, the infections there seem to have, it looks like they've rolled over. South Africa, they definitely rolled over. They're, they're way down. Yeah. But in the in the UK and Europe, it feels like a, we're now past peak. And it, it feels like US has been behind, particularly the UK, by three, four, five weeks in terms of infections. And, and so if that's the case, then we'll, uh, I think we're moving in the right direction. Good. Yeah,
3: a couple yeah. other things on the consumer spending front, just to yeah. keep in the back of mind for when you're walking through. Just uh, when you're thinking of January, obviously, we're, we just talked about the COVID variant. You know, Omicron impacting things, but you're also lapping the $600 stimulus payments from last year uh, that impacted January. In February, you're going to be lapping the Texas freeze that actually should actually lift things a little bit Mm. uh, in terms of a comp. And then in March, you've got two things coming up uh, the $1,400 payments. Uh, Then you're also going to have uh, late Easter. Easter was on the 4th last year, it's on the 17th this year. And that Shopping period is about 10 days before the holiday. So some of those Easter sales are going to jump quarters um, and go from Q1 to Q2. So,
0: so what's the net of all that? I mean, I mean, there's a lot of cross currents there.
3: Uh, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's a lot of noise. Okay. Uh, I would actually, in the net, I would actually say what you guys are doing in terms of tempering enthusiasm a little bit on Q1 numbers is probably yeah, uh, correct. on the right track.
0: Okay. Okay. Great. Good. Okay. So anything else on the statistics? I know we want to quickly move to the, and we've already done a fair share of this already. Mm-hmm. Talk about the American consumer. I'll give you on. one
2: good employment number. Okay. This January is bad, but yeah. uh, UI benefits, unemployment insurance benefits ticked up, but the insured unemployment rate, which is the number of people that receive unemployment compensation as a percent of the labor force hit 1.1% last week, a record low. Wow. And really? that tracks the unemployment rate over time. Yeah. Not necessarily like you know, exactly month to month, but it points towards an unemployment rate in the low threes.
0: I guess we're getting to a place where good now becomes
2: less good, maybe even bad. I mean it's oh, like, yeah. remember this dynamic. Yeah, good data is bad because uh, everyone's gonna expect the Fed to, you know, yeah.
0: We're at three point <laughs> you're saying we're at three point nine percent unemployment, which is pretty low, but maybe not full employment. But it's going lower here pretty quickly. So uh which is a good thing. We want to get back to full employment. So we shouldn't yeah. discount that. But but we are getting there pretty fast, faster than feels like uh you know what I've been counting on. I mean I've been thinking full employment by the end of this year, but you're saying maybe a little faster than that. Maybe the summer. Yeah, wow. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the consumer. There's a lot of different things we can talk about. I mean, in the bottom line here, correct me if I'm wrong, Mac, uh, is that the American consumer is strong, uh, in good shape. Uh, Okay. Uh, So let's just break that down a little bit. I mean, uh, let's talk a little bit about, if you don't mind, so-called excess savings. So this is this is the idea that. People have saved a lot during the pandemic, much more than they would have been if there had not been a pandemic. Saving rates have been very high for some households, particularly lower middle income households. That's been related to a lot more government support. We talked about the stimulus checks, unemployment insurance, food, food assistance, that kind of thing. And then for higher income households, uh, that is largely related to well, I can't travel, I can't go to restaurants, I can't go to ball games, I can't do stuff. Therefore, I'm going to save. I might buy more things and that's what we've been doing we've been buying a lot of stuff uh, but uh, uh but uh, we haven't been able to spend as much and so saving rates are up so the key one of the key it's a lot so if you you know if you do the arithmetic it by our calculation through the month of november the last data point there was 2.6 trillion dollars in so-called excess saving and that's 12 13 percent of gdp that's a lot of and that's sitting in people's deposit checking accounts deposit accounts. Some of it's ended up in the stock market, in the crypto market, and you know, driven yeah. housing purchases, that kind of thing. But a lot of it's still sitting in checking accounts. How do you think about, you know, that that kind of that fire consumer firepower sitting out there? Do you, I mean, if that was all spent, I mean, that, then we'd blow way past <laughs> full employment. The Fed's got a real problem. So how do you think about that? I mean, how much of that's going to be spent? How much of it's, you know, what's your thinking about, you know, exactly how that plays out?
3: Well, I think it's kind of building on what Chris was talking about a little bit earlier where I think you are going to get some very different some differences depending on your demographic uh group in terms of income segments where uh there's a journey that I think we go down where we burn down the savings rate back to a more normal level I think was it yeah. 6.9 the last print I thought um and what was it like well march was crazy it was like 20 or something you know in march but um we're going to be I think we're on the journey and we're gonna continue that journey as we go forward, where the way you f- the consumers fund uh, their activity will continue to burn down serving, savings and then continue to relever and start to fund things through uh, different credit vehicles again. Uh, and that's gonna take a while. Um, you know, I think to get from here to there, uh, I think you're, you're, I think it's more than 2022, I think you're getting into 2023. Uh, maybe even beyond that uh, to uh, actually get to a more normal level of the savings versus spending. Also uh, for older demographics, also there could be some uh, positive benefits there because they probably undersaved for retirement and now they were able to catch up a bit. Um, so I think that's probably a good thing there in the long run. So there's some good healthy things I think uh, in the long run regarding how the consumer is today, but in terms of firepower, dry, dry powder, whatever you want to call it, Uh, There's plenty to fund uh, consumer demand as we go through 2022. I think, from what we've been told by retailers, consumers have been willing and able to absorb inflation for now. And that seems like I wouldn't say that's different today than it was when I first started hearing it in the summer. Um, And uh, eventually, I think, you know, if inflation remains elevated, it will start to erode. Uh, purchasing power again probably showing up first at the lower uh, income groups and then moving its way up. But again, uh, that's going to take a while. Uh, I think you're you're basically looking at a strong consumer story for at least the rest of this year, probably into next.
0: So you you you, you it sounds like you view the excess saving as a real you know it's pretty significant plus for the consumer. Obviously, yeah. I mean one in one obvious one clear way is it's help people's retirement nest eggs. So a lot of boomers in their 50s, well, now they're in their 60s and 70s. They didn't save enough, uh, but now they have. uh, You know, this really helps. I
3: don't know if they have, but it helped. It it (laughs) definitely helps.
0: It definitely helps. Yeah. And of course, stock prices are pretty close to record highs. Housing values are at record highs. People who invested in crypto, like Chris, you know, are doing quite well. uh, You know, so... uh, but that's a behind positive that
3: door yeah they're like yeah all behind that
0: behind door that it's door. <laughs> you can, the, the crypto is sitting <laughs> back behind that door behind sitting in front of and then uh it's uh also cushion the blow here the financial blow from the higher inflation so higher inflation hasn't done as much damage to consumer spending as it might have in another world another time because you just got a cash cushion sitting out there that, that you can use.
3: Another thing that's that I'm gonna start looking at a little bit differently is um some of the sentiment and confidence figures. I think did we have sent, sentiment came out this morning, I think a little bit soft. Um uh, it
0: was right. Did they Ryan did I know University of Michigan consumer sentiment came out? I yeah. haven't had a chance to look. Did you look at that? Soft today. I'm looking at it right now.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think I think it was soft. Yeah. Um,
2: it was. Okay. Now, mm-hmm.
3: That's been eroding a bit uh in the second half of 2021. But sometimes the way people answer those surveys aren't necessarily the way that they act. Um, yeah. It tends to be sensitive to gasoline, it tends to be prices and you know there are different variables, Afghanistan, I think, you know, last year, uh stuff like that that might have impacted those surveys. So there was a bit of a divergence, I think, between uh consumers kept spending like they were confident, but they were answering those surveys like they were their confidence was eroding. As we get into this year, I'm going to pay more attention, though, uh, because I think there's going to be a, a, those are going to come back together again at some point here, where as people can't afford to absorb the inflation the way that they have uh, over the past uh, couple of months, uh, I think that erosion and confidence could end up showing up in behavior Um, and any like right now we're talking about how strong the job market is. It's almost, there's nowhere to go, but down, or <laughs> almost mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. Um, you know, at, when you start seeing chinks in that, and any kind of a, a job, uh, you know, sentiment number uh, I'm going to be uh, looking closely for anything along those lines too. Cause I think that could really trigger some behavior changes.
0: Yeah. So what you're saying is so far, the higher inflation is not dinged spending, but you know, over time here, very possibly could, and one way of gauging that is to watch those sentiment measures. If they continue to weaken, that would be an indication that uh, you know the, the higher inflation is starting to do some some damage to to spending.
3: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and okay. uh, you know that's just it's something that again a little bit of a change. In tr- sometimes I like some years I like certain metrics over others, uh, and that's a metric that I'm going to start to watch more closely. I didn't really think it was that big a great, deal. Yeah. that big of a deal last year but i think it's going to become a bigger deal as we move forward okay. i start watching one of those markets.
0: all right so, so you know when i think of the consumer i go okay i go labor market job market you know do i have a job what's my pay increase yep. check check all looks good i i then go to the balance sheet and i say okay uh you know how much do i what do i own uh you know i think stocks i think housing i think now you know crypto is crypto. playing a role <laughs> yeah. uh you know we joke about that but you know it, it's not it's it's showing up on the radar screen now it's in, on the balance sheet three trillion and outstanding check check i mean asset prices are uh, stock prices have gone a little fragile here but they're still pretty close to record highs and then i think then i go to the lever- the debt side of the balance sheet you know uh, leverage and we talked about that and while it's down. Yeah. credit growth is Accelerating leverage is low. Debt service portion of income going to servicing debt is pretty close to record lows. You know, off bottom, but you know, for technical reasons, but very low. Um, and we talked about excess saving. It's kind of you know uh, building uh, well uh, assets and in uh, deposits and cash. Is there anything out there that makes you? Worried or nervous? We talked about inflation so far, not a big deal. Maybe it becomes a deal if inflation doesn't moderate. But anything else? Anything else that you know? Yeah, there there are a couple of things.
3: In terms of the the consumer, uh, I'm going to borrow a phrase uh, back from the internet bubble days. You know, back in the late '90s. uh, I don't think it was you. If somebody else on CNBC had said this, that. You know, the beer I'll take credit get much
0: colder. I, I I always all do right. take credit. Yeah, these guys. But, know, uh, so it's, it's uh, definitely mine. Yeah. When Go things ahead.
3: you just did all that checklist and you're like, okay, the beer doesn't get much colder than this. You know, it's uh, yes, it, right. it's it's a good it's a good one in terms of where the consumer is right now. Uh It's in a fortified. They're in a fortified position. They're in, they're in a good good spot. Um That said, there are areas that I'm I am concerned about, but it has to do with. How COVID, I'm not going to say Omicron, I'm just going to say COVID more in general, has changed the economy. And we kind of talked about that and touched on it a minute ago, is that there's pretty dramatic change that could have ripple effects into society in a couple of different ways. One is uh, the tax revenues for some of these big cities and for some of these big states, They rely a lot on whether it's retail sales food services hotels you know commercial real estate you know a whole bunch of different uh tax sources i'm kind of wondering where those are going to go because i don't know if they're going to come back the way that they were pre-pandemic so some of the economies and some of the budgets and what they're based on some of the business models uh and what they're based on pre-pandemic i do think there's quite a bit of change that's going to happen there and you can view that as risk. Uh, sometimes it's opportunity. Sometimes you can view it as a risk, but it is change. And uh, that's one of the things that I'm concerned about there. What are the echoes that kind of all this change does? Uh, you know, when you're talking about, as I mentioned, city or state budgets, when you're talking about commercial real estate, uh, you know, the, these leases go for 10 or 20 years, but every year you're going to probably have, you know, people wanting and needing a little bit less.
0: Uh, So you're you're focused on the the fact that that people have left big cities, big urban centers, particularly in the Northeast and on the West Coast, Chicago. And there might be some, there will be some of that coming back as we get on the other side of the pandemic and offices reopen, but there's no going back. We're not going to see, we're going to still see people on net continue to leave these big areas in a significant way. And I'm going I'm just kind of paraphrasing and asking if I got it right. And you're saying that, uh, you know, that has all kinds of, rip, as you said, ripple effects and, and implications on the state, uh, New York City's budget, on, yeah. on uh, office towers in San Francisco, on r- the retailing that services all the office workers in Chicago. You know, what happens as a result of it? that's, that's what you're saying here.
3: Yeah. So it's like when you're asking me, what am I concerned about? Yeah. It's like you you go down the consumer checklist and you're like, okay, this
0: is no problem. Yeah. Yeah.
3: This is pretty good over here. So if I'm thinking about things that I'm
0: more
2: broadly, I'm thinking
3: a little bit more broadly and I'm thinking about uh, those sources of change, uh, you know, in terms of and the economic ripple effects that they might have uh, would be the areas that I'm probably more concerned about today than I am about the U.S. consumer.
0: Got it. Now, of course, those folks are going somewhere, right? As you pointed out in your, uh, data you're spending pulse data Oh, yeah, you know, There's opportunity yeah. tampa atlanta charlotte you know yeah. uh, you didn't mention texas but i i assume Houston, texas
3: i think Houston's six yeah
0: is number six list. okay there you go uh, so and uh, from a broad u.s macroeconomic perspective maybe there's a lot of cross currents. so you know uh, uh maybe the losers pull back more than the winners Pull forward, and you get some net negative effect. But in a macro sense, it's not that big. Is it a big deal? Or yeah,
3: yeah, that's what I'm kind of saying is that there's change, which can be scary in some areas, but it can also be opportunities in others. Like even within the big cities, you know, there are opportunities around the cities that didn't exist before. Yeah. In terms of migration, and then there are bigger migrations like like you're talking about in terms of people actually moving states. You know, and uh, the migration south. Uh, you know that's that's kind of a more of a, a bigger macro thing. Uh, so there are lots of ripples and re- and repercussions that could you know impact a lot of areas of the economy uh, that are based on uh, on COVID. That um, you know I think we'll start to get line of sight on as as we get through these variants and we start things start to calm down and uh, things start to you know migrate back to normal. There's going to be this new set of post COVID issues that we're going to have to
1: start to deal with.
0: Yeah, i agree with you here here's here's some data for you we we get um a 10 percent sample of all the credit files in the country at a consumer level every month uh, from credit bureau equifax they're in, it's it's uh, uh, anonymized uh, so we don't know who the folks are but we know their address so we can see address changes in the 12 months through february of 2020 obviously the year ahead of the pandemic I'm, I'm, you know, I'm I'm, uh, rounding, so you know, roughly, uh, these are the numbers. Not quite three hundred thousand more people left urban centers for suburbs and exurbs than came into those urban centers. So even before the pandemic, you know, these big urban cores were losing people on net to suburbs and exurbs. Yeah, and we have a definition for urban based on population density and that kind of thing. And uh, as of June of last year, and this is the peak. Oh, uh, close to six hundred, uh, actually a little over six hundred thousand net left urban course for suburbs. Actually. So it was, it was a doubling, more than a doubling. That's come back in a little bit. We've got we just got data for December. We're now down to five hundred and sixty thousand. So it's you know people are starting to come back, but they're not. You know we're way way way. Uh, it's way different than it was pre pandemic, and I expect that to come in further as offices. You know, ultimately reopen. I don't know about MasterCard, but Moody's still is virtual. You know, people haven't gone back into the office.
3: Yeah, but, I, uh, I think a lot of offices are going to kind of settle in around that two to three days a week, you know,
0: kind of hybrid uh, thing,
3: hybrid uh, kind of thing. But even if you get that, you're still talking about 40, 40% fewer trips. Uh, you know, what does that do to MTA budgets? What does that do to, you know, the business models that for the restaurants and for the small businesses that were really relied on that? mobility and that traffic coming in and out. Yeah. Um, you know, I I think there've been some band-aids that have kind of or bridges that have kind of helped some folks, but in the long run you're going to have to figure out a new business model based on potentially 30-40% less traffic.
0: Right, right. Chris Ryan, anything you want to weigh in on uh, with regard to this? I mean, this kind of this sort of fits with my my kind of thinking around this as well and our the work we've done, but any any views on this particular issue?
1: I I Generally agree, right? Consumers yep. are, are in good shape today. Um, and COVID is certainly going to change some of the trends and outlook. Uh, one thing I think about, though, or I'd caution against getting overly excited about it when it comes to the excess savings are some changes in attitudes, right? So I do think there will be more precautionary saving uh, going forward. If there, if there are future pandemic waves and we all know about it, we adjust to it. But that would suggest people should be you know, saving up in anticipation of job losses or delays or, or whatnot, and just scarring in general, right? These, this is pretty, uh, dramatic, uh, event we've all been living through. And, uh, certainly I think that will cause some of the, particularly the younger generation to be a little bit more cautious, uh, going forward. That would be my assumption. Yeah, makes sense. But, you know, yep. who knows, right? Yep. Uh, American makes consumers sense. seem pretty resilient, but, um, so I would again. I, Two point six trillion sounds like a big number, but I don't expect all of that to, you know, come flying back anytime soon. I think I think yeah. that the savings rate is going to actually remain high for a while.
0: Yep. Right. Ryan, Ryan. anything you want to add?
1: No, I agree with everything.
0: Oh, that's a first. Okay.
1: <laughs> all right. Very so good.
3: Basking in the glow of his yeah. getting it getting yeah. it more right yeah, today.
1: More <laughs>
0: <room>. <laughs>
1: We've got I mean, to the uh, yield curve. Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. God.
0: Well, I think we've come to the, uh, uh, kind of a good, uh, ending point for the podcast. Um, is there anything that I, mi- oh, any, I guess maybe the last open question I should have asked on the spending pulse data, is there anything else in the data that you're observing that, you know, you find you just want to call out and say, Hey, this, this is uh, interesting
3: I was going uh, to end on a nice note.
0: Okay, good. Um, I am I'm, all uh, for that positive Absolutely. note. So
3: If you look at last year, jewelry sales were up about 63.8% year over year. And uh, our economics crew here did some work. Uh, They estimated that about a million weddings were uh, postponed or delayed due to COVID. So there's this huge backlog of weddings (laughs) that is blowing Ah. up. Uh, The jewelry numbers and uh, event apparel and all this kind of stuff that we're just seeing absolutely explode. So. Uh, expect weddings in 2022 and lots of babies uh, in 2022, 2023, 2022. <laughs> 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 baby well, baby. that's All right. bring that on. We need
0: <laughs> it, right? Because birth rates have been low, death rates have been high, immigration's been. We need, yeah. we, need yeah. we need folks. So yeah. that's good. That's a that's a pot. I really like that. That's so a million a million weddings. In yeah, pent, I think that, pent up weddings.
3: I, I might be getting this wrong. I think. Did they say that there are three million weddings a year, or something like that? And about a million uh, of them were delayed. I could be getting that wrong, but uh, it was something in that ballpark.
0: Well, that's a wonderful statistic. That's a great one to end on a very yeah. positive note. I want to thank you, Mac, for joining us today. Really, a pleasure. Uh, and um, to the listener at uh, Ryan, I've been waiting for this at Mark Zandi. There Mark we go. Zandy. There's my Twitter <laughs> handle. Hey, Mac, are you on Twitter? <laughs>
3: I am not, but I, I'm getting heat from some of your guys saying I should be, so <laughs> I got to get There you on. go.
0: And Ryan keeps threatening. He's going to tell us what his handle
2: is, but Ryan, is this the week? Uh, uh, I forgot what it was. Oh, wait. Ah, I got it. No, okay. I got it. Okay. RealTime underscore econ.
0: That's your Twitter handle. That's pretty yeah. That's pretty good. Say that again. Yeah. At real time
2: underscore econ.
0: Econ. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. Okay. And, and I know Chris, you, you have a handle too, right?
2: I do,
1: but I never check it.
0: So. You never check it. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: Well, very good. Thanks so much. Uh, and until um, next week, talk to you soon. Take care now. Bye-bye.